You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 147 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you for this one on this Monday evening in November. Boys, how we doing? Doing good, Harp. I'm excited for this weekend. I'm going to the Devils-Toronto game Thursday night and then skipping down the 401 even further and going to the Ottawa Devils game. So two games in one week. They're on a nine-game win streak. Can't wait to watch them lose both games, but it's going to be fun doing it in person. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to that case on the Saturday, joining you in Ottawa to see that afternoon game. But you're right. The odds really aren't in the devil's favor here. Like, what are the odds they win 11 straight games? You know, that would be great. Knowing that I'm going to the games, definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm good. I had a good weekend. It was uh, Maverick's first birthday, my my nephew Maverick. So I went home to Brockville to go to his birthday party. And what a party it was. I got some great pictures and videos of the little guy. And, you know, I was happy to be there. And now I'm back home, back on the grind. Uh, I was just talking to Harper before we started. Like, I'm halfway done law school in like four weeks it's insane like it this year has flown by and i can't believe i have exams coming up in like three weeks like it's it's ridiculous but i mean other than all all the schoolwork i'm gonna have to do you know it's it's a good time of year the leafs are are kind of buzzing again you know and they're not at the very basement of the league which is good and uh you know it seems like things are starting to come back to normal so yeah all, all smiles over here harp how about you Yeah, doing good. Uh, Had another good weekend. It was kind of a chill weekend. And uh, looking forward to this week because I'll be at a couple of Sens games as well. Wednesday, I'm going to see them against the Sabres. And haven't gotten to see Buffalo in a couple of years with COVID and everything. So really excited to uh, to see them in Ottawa. And then uh, I'm going to be there on Saturday, as you guys know, working for the Senators. I've, I've got a shift with them on uh, on Saturday. It's uh, Sparta Cat's birthday party or something. So that'll be kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys at the game. So, no, looking forward to this week and uh, all is well on this side. Love it. So should we get into some Fantasy Corner? Yeah, sounds good. All right, another edition of Fantasy Corner, and uh, this is week five of Fantasy Corner, I believe. Yes, okay, so week five, and uh, I will kick it off. Uh, The Mm, Sorry, week six, week six. Week six, okay, thank you. So anyway, week six of Fantasy Corner, and uh, the Sunnyvale hockey team is on a bit of a win streak right now. Third win in a row for uh, for my guys, 150 to 142 over uh, our good buddy Nate Ganyu's team. There were a lot of close finishes this week, um, as, as we all know, which was really great to see. Evgeny Kuznetsov was my best performer with 29 and a half fantasy points uh, this week. Obviously, the Capitals didn't look too good the other night against Tampa Bay, but uh, Kuzi was my best performer. And uh, yeah, pick up my third straight win and looking to keep it rolling. Case, how about you? Well, (laughs) 
my game was not a close match. I'll tell you that. I lost. My team underperformed like crazy. I think they were 11 points off the projection. And uh, it was tough to watch. But in the week, I was able to make a pretty big trade. And I'm excited moving forward. I noticed that Jake McKenzie had great defense and shit wingers and i have great wingers and shit defense so i thought you know what we can make a deal i think the defense he had was uh victor headman adam fox quinn hughes andrew doughty like i think that's a little overdoing the defense side of things uh so i texted him i said i want one of your defensemen johnny hockey is on the block and he said, well, you know what? I have three Vancouver players on my team. That's hurting for games play. So I'll give you Quinn Hughes for Johnny Gaudreau. I said, you know, I, I kind of think that Johnny Gaudreau is the better player at, at the end of the year in that deal. So I wanted to look for a little more. And I, I said, I want to break up my Boston players. I'll give you Matt Grizzlick for Nick Paul on top of this. And that way, no transactions after the trade. You don't have to drop someone to pick up a winger. And I don't have to drop someone to pick up a defenseman or vice versa. So Nick Paul and uh, Quinn Hughes for Johnny Hockey and Matt Grizzlick. Pretty excited about that deal. Yeah, that's the second massive trade you've made so far. The first one was Kyle Connor for Johnny Gaudreau straight up. So you go ahead and flip Gaudreau and get a decent return. I've been trying to trade with Jake since the league began because I noticed that too, that he has a really, really good back end. But it's just tough. Like the one-for-ones, they're never going to happen. So getting the the two-for-two trade done, you know, that's how these deals kind of have to shake out because you get worse at one position but better at another. So then it's like, you know, you kind of have to... There's a bit of a trade-off. Like, how much better are you getting at this position versus how much worse you're getting at the other position? So when I ran the poll in our group chat, every single person who voted on the poll said that it was a dead-even trade. So, and, And I kind of agree... Despite the fact that I think Gaudreau is more valuable than Hughes, you're getting a nice return on the second swap there. So I didn't mind that uh, that one bit. I think it was like a real uh, hockey and then, trade in, in that it satisfied both of our needs really well. Like I broke up. I had two Columbus players and two Boston players. He had three Vancouver players. I needed a defenseman. He needed a winger. We kind of it really satisfied both of us. Yeah, for sure. My week last week, guys, was close right down to the wire. Uh, I was playing the Dirty Birdies, who is uh, Jeffrey Frazier, I believe, in case your buddy Jeffrey. Yep. And it finished 219 to 214, which was super close, and it came down right to the final day. Uh, the difference between the two teams, you know, I, I think I was projected to win from the very start, but he had McDavid, who had a good week. Obviously, he picked first overall in, uh, in, in our league, so any team with McDavid you know he can just carry a week and and win thankfully for me he didn't and you know Dirty Birdies fell a few points short of beating me so I remain perfect 5-0 and I had a few uh, players last week who had decent weeks you know JT Miller Brad Marchand uh, Travis Konechny all over uh, 23 points for me which was great to see I'm still waiting on 
some players, you know, to get healthy. Uh, Seth Jones is one who's still on the IR and Mackenzie Blackwood. But overall, it was a good week for me. Even though there's a bit of a scare, I remain 5-0. and And so does Kuznetsov's third line, which is my buddy Jacob. So two teams are still perfect. We're seeing who's going to flop first. But uh, last thing I wanted to add to is this week, um, a good player to pick up. You know, this is what I'm trying to do every fantasy corner. Mention a few guys who are good to pick up. Uh, this week I'm going to go with Max Domi because he's eligible to play all three positions up front, center, and both wings. Plus, Chicago plays four games this week, and he's second on the Blackhawks in points with 10. So Max Domi and, frankly, any Chicago Blackhawk player uh, up front, whether it's him or Taves or even a few guys on the back end in the absence of Seth Jones kind of stepping up and playing more minutes like uh, Connor Murphy and, and or guys like that, could be valuable pickups this week in fantasy, even if they weren't ranked very high at the start of the year. All right, good stuff. That's uh, another edition of Fantasy Corner. And uh, now we'll get into uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode. And uh, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite themes, of course, on this podcast. You've all heard it before. But uh, players who have benefited from a change of scenery. One of our favorite sayings, themes on on the podcast, however you want to word it. We actually got change of scenery put on some of our merch as well and uh we're going to be talking about players who have benefited from a change of scenery so far this season so uh i have one guy uh case i know you've got one as well chad uh i know you've got one and uh with a couple of honorable mentions and so we'll uh we'll get into that now so uh case we'll start with you with uh your player who has benefited from a change of scenery so far this season this podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Winter is back, and whether you're playing pond hockey or nursing an eggnog hangover this holiday season, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's made with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors too, but my personal favorite is Lemon Lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH. That's 20% off anything when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the ticket app SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes all the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a guy that's helped me out in fantasy a lot this year. I picked him up and at the right time, too, because he got put on the first line with Detroit. And I think in his first four games on the first line, he had nine points. And that's Dominic Kubalik, a guy who thrived in his first season in the NHL, scoring 30 goals for Chicago. And then he's been kind of quiet ever since. The second year wasn't bad, but it was a lot or the um 
pandemic shortened year and then last year was kind of a write-off he he turned out to be a third line player on chicago and i'll tell you the change of scenery has done great things for him he's on pace for 98 points this season um he's got seven goals 11 assists in 15 games and his career high in assists is 21 he's on pace to absolutely obliterate that number the one thing i've noticed about him that is really standing out to me is that he's he's up there in points and i think he was tied for first on detroit last i looked uh with relatively low time on ice uh i think his his points per 60 is 4.39 points per 60 and that puts him at 11th in the league just behind my guy jesper brad so he's making he's taking every minute he gets and and really putting in a good shift his game against uh Detroit or against New Jersey uh, he was the most noticeable player on the ice at all times for me he just finds open ice so well and and I've really enjoyed what he's doing there and I'm kind of rooting for him especially because I have him in fantasy I was gonna say there's a fantasy connection there that that I think you haven't mentioned yet because I know you've been very high on the guy all year because you know rightfully so he's been incredible so that's great to hear you know you always wonder when a bunch of new players hop into a mix like what happened there in Detroit you know they've got a bunch of new guys trying to play a system like how is how are they going to gel how is the line chemistry going to you know shake out as the year goes on but Kubalik has found himself a nice spot in that lineup even though he's not playing as much as you know maybe you would expect him to be after looking at the numbers but he's had just a great start to the season in case there's a reason I didn't pick Kubalik because I figured you would bring him up with the fantasy connection and everything so yeah what a great start to the season for the guy i was uh i was a little surprised in the pick honestly case i thought for sure you were gonna go with john marino of your devils but um you you went with the fantasy connection there which was great he's had a fabulous start i'm i'm still kind of wondering why kyle davidson and the blackhawks gave this guy up i know we kind of struggled the the past two years but still a young guy and still one of those guys who has a great shot he's proven before that he can put the puck in the back of the net um him and victor olafson kind of broke out at the same time a couple of years ago if you guys remember and uh they were in that calder trophy conversation uh sort of down the list a little bit and buffalo ultimately decided to hang on to Olafson just because he's one of those guys that is he's just able to be a trigger man and just fire yeah. the puck and score goals and uh Chicago ultimately decided to to let go of this guy and um you know again Steve Eiserman and and the Red Wings proving that not only are they good at the draft table but uh, they're pretty darn good at pro scouting as well. So th- this guy's had a great start. That's a great pick. Yeah, I-, I had to go with him over Marino because I think I've talked Marino to death so far this season. Everyone knows that he's been like my favorite guy on New Jersey this year, best defenseman. But I, I-, I had the fantasy connection with Kubalik, and it's also good to point out, you pointed out that he had a great rookie season, and he was uh, kind of head-to-head with Victor Olofsson. While I did not like the guy back then because he was a 24-year-old rookie and everyone was giving him the Calder. And I was, I just hate that. So, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've gone, you know, full circle. I'm, 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 or 180, I guess you should say. Uh, yeah. I love him now. He's my guy. 
Yeah, and your second favorite player, Michael Bunting. Yeah, not even <laughs> close. <laughs> All right, Chadwick, let's go to you now. And uh, I know you've got one guy in particular, but uh, maybe a couple honorable mentions as well. That's right. I, I for all of these, I always have a few honorable mentions. I feel like Casey normally does too. If if uh, you know he wasn't busy right before we hopped on here, but uh, the one honorable mention I want to bring up is a guy I already talked about, and that's Max Domi. Like I said, he's second on the team in points in Chicago, coming over from Carolina after being flipped at. Uh, the deadline last season and you know he's fit in pretty nicely in the top six in Chicago mainly because you know he's one of the only offensive weapons that they have up front now you know aside from your Taves and Canes of the world etc but right now Max Domi is proving that you know he deserves maybe to be flipped again at the deadline to another contending team and you know he that's really what he's playing for at this point he's playing for uh his next contract and he's playing for you know the opportunity to get flipped at the deadline to a contending team so 10 points in 14 games uh he's off to a great start and looking at the advanced numbers too in terms of the expected goals that he's generating it's pretty much on par with uh what he scored so far so it doesn't seem like he's going to regress because he's getting such a great opportunity uh up front in chicago so any thoughts on max domi as sort of an honorable mention before i get to uh my meat and potatoes here Okay, I, so I, I think I called them last chance you at the beginning of the season because there's just so many guys that seem to be getting a crack at you know, some real minutes on this team and a lot of new faces on Chicago because they, they traded everyone uh, except you know the big two. And it, so it seemed almost inevitable that we'd be talking about at least one guy on this team having a great change of scenery story and Max Domi is definitely the great candidate for that and the perfect choice, honestly, out of all of them. He's been great for them, and yeah, hopefully he finds himself on a playoff team after the tra- or at the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, it, it's crazy to think that Domi was a seventy point guy a few years ago with the Montreal Canadiens. That's that's where he really broke out, and, and then things kind of went sour with uh, with him there afterwards, and um, you know didn't particularly get along well with Claude Julian at the time and when he was behind the bench in Montreal. But uh, we've always known that the talent is there with, with Max Domi, but uh, he's been around the block a little bit now. He's he's had some experiences, and um, it, it was a very interesting pickup for, for Carolina to make at the deadline. I kind of forgot about Domi last year at the deadline, but... Uh, he, he played decently well for Columbus, and we knew that when Chicago signed him in the offseason, uh, they, they were tearing things down. They were giving guys like him, Athanasiu, Colin Blackwell, etc., etc., good opportunities on this roster, and he's taken it so far, and he, he's run with it. Uh, he's, he's got the talent. We, we've always known that. He's got a lot of heart, just like his dad when, when he played, and so, yeah, happy for Max Domi, and I think uh, potentially Chicago's got a nice uh, trade chip to use here. Yeah, they can for sure get a pick and maybe a prospect at the deadline for him, you know, depending on what the market looks like. But, okay, that was my, my honorable mention there. Uh, the, the player I wanted to talk about 
uh, as you know, a guy who has really benefited from a change of scenery. Not that he was bad before, but just the fact that he's really good this season to start anyway. That's Andre Burakovsky. Going from Colorado to Seattle, he got that big ticket. And, you know, Seattle was a team who, you know, we talked about last year as needing guys who can score because, frankly, they didn't score a lot of goals last year. Well, Burakovsky is certainly generating that offense for them this year, um, you know, which was something they lacked. He has 14 points in 16 games, leads Seattle in points, and notably primary assists which is you know probably the second most difficult thing to come by in the nhl first being goals of course but primary assists that's that's a, a solid marker of uh you know repeatability i guess i will say so i'm happy to see that burakovsky is playing well and hopefully he's able to continue playing well with this new team uh, they're also eight, five, and three to start the season, and Burakovsky is is a big part of that. So I'm just happy to see that he's playing well in a new jersey and uh, kind of now being relied on as more of the guy as opposed to a tertiary player like he was in in Colorado. So very happy for Burakovsky. Thoughts on him, guys? Yeah, he's been secondary scoring everywhere he's been so far. So when you heard this move him going to seattle it's the perfect uh, fit for the puzzle here and we knew that he was going to be right to the first line be looked at as the the scoring threat for this team so it certainly worked out for him and yeah i think we could have we could have titled this episode and put burakovsky as the the thumbnail back in the summer yeah yeah, exactly. I wasn't sure about this deal because it, it is a big ticket for, for Burakovsky in Seattle, but it's been a perfect fit so far. The deal looks great. They were a team, Casey, you kind of alluded to it there a second ago. They were a team looking for more offense, and we suggested Burakovsky to a couple of teams, actually, that were looking for more just easy goals, and those two teams were Seattle and Carolina. He ultimately ends up going to the Kraken. It's been a great fit so far, um, and let's not forget, too, that the guy's won two Stanley Cups already in his young career. He was uh, pretty good as a Washington Capital and uh, and just won with Colorado as well. I know that he was kind of uh, in and out of the lineup a little bit uh, down the stretch with the Avs and was hurt, but still a very good, talented offense player we knew that he was gonna sign somewhere on a big ticket this offseason Seattle's buzzing right now they're uh, they're a lot better than last year and uh, he's been great so far just a, a, a really really good uh, offensive player for sure okay let's hear yours Harp. All right, so I'm going to go back to uh, the Chicago Blackhawks theme and uh, guys either leaving Chicago or arriving to Chicago. So uh, we're, we're talking about the Blackhawks a lot on this pod, which, which is interesting, but uh, I'm going to talk about a guy who left Chicago and it's really benefited him, and that is Kirby Doc of the Montreal Canadiens. I had no idea until today, actually, boys how good he's been in Montreal. He's got 14 points in 15 games. He's almost a point-a-game player, and uh, what a pickup here for the Habs. We talked about it with, with Kubalik, why the Blackhawks gave him up, and I'm wondering the same thing, why they gave up 21-year-old 
Kirby Doc, a third overall pick in 2019. I know he had a couple of rough years there, but especially when you're rebuilding, I, I just I'm I'm scratching my head and and wondering why Kyle Davidson decided to to let this guy go. It was a big swing that Kent Hughes took at the draft when he acquired this guy for a first round pick and let go of uh, Alexander Romanov in, uh, in, in that first round as well. But, man, it's paying off, and he's been that third guy on that top line with Caulfield and Suzuki. Man, like, that could end up being one of the best lines in the NHL for years to come. This is so good for the Montreal Canadiens. He looks like a core piece to a very young, exciting team right now that's staying in the mix that is staying in the race and him playing with with Caulfield and Suzuki it's just a great fit he's a big body we know that the talent is there he just had a couple of rough years and this goes back to um, getting injured right before the world juniors he was the captain of team Canada he got hurt right before the tournament and then that followed up with a couple of tough years in Chicago afterwards so this guy's really benefited from a change of scenery I love the player and I'm really happy for him in Montreal yeah I'm really happy about this move for Kirby Doc because everyone loved him due to the world juniors and I don't think that Chicago did anything right with this guy. He they shoehorned him into the NHL a little early, in my opinion, I and agree. then weird utilization, and then trying to get him back after injury right away. It just didn't seem like they picked right at all. And now trading him is the the biggest error they've made yet. So I don't know. Um, I was definitely a little shocked when you when you think about direction. You try to think about where a team is heading. These are the type of trades that you get confused with. Like Montreal's made a few of those de- uh, trades as well. The same as like the Senators two years ago or last year. Um, they figured it out. Maybe I don't know. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, this has been great for Kirby Doc, and it's been a great fit. And that team is young and fun. They're not very good yet, but they're fun, and they will be good. Yeah, Case, you said that they shoehorned Kirby Doc into the league. Not only did they force him into the league too early, you know, when he should have gone and played a year either in the minors or in junior or whatever, wherever, you know, somewhere with lesser competition where he could dominate, but they also kind of pigeonholed him as well into like a third line center role when he was playing there yeah. and he was playing down the middle against tough competition with a defensive assignment and it was like just kind of mind-boggling how he was utilized and and like now you look at him in Montreal he's playing on the top line he's playing wing and it's like oh idea you know play him somewhere where he can succeed and that's what montreal's doing playing him on the top line with two of their best players and he's had a great start the thing is uh, about you know the whole trade and everything that happened at at the draft there um you know he didn't fit the timeline for the blackhawks anymore uh you know neither do taves and kane but they're i guess more difficult to move because they're they're bigger deals but if this team is going to properly rebuild which it seems like they are the trade doesn't really confuse me much because in exchange for doc who yes is young but kind of soured over the years because like we mentioned he kind of he, he was pitching hold into a spot and forcing the league and blah 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 blah, blah. 
now they have Kevin Kurchinski, and he should be good in the future. So it's like, yeah, it, it, the, he fits their timeline more is what I'm trying to get at. And I don't Kirby Doc them for doing that. Kirby Doc was going to become the next Clayton Keller if it wasn't for this deal, I think. Yes, exactly. So I am glad that the deal happened and I don't fault Blackhawks management. Um, you don't hear that often. I don't fault Blackhawks management. You usually do fault them because they've been terrible over the years. But I don't fault them for this move because they are leaning into a rebuild, getting a younger player, and and doing it properly. Yeah. So, and that wasn't a shot at Clayton Keller, by the way. That was like, yeah, a, no. he's entering his prime, and the team is still trailing behind. It's like a weird time for him. He was a young guy playing right when they started the rebuild. Yes, yeah. and a similar situation, like not that that the team is bad, but a similar situation with a with a prospect right now that we're seeing in Toronto actually is Nick Robertson. It's like, is he an NHL player or not? And I I know it's it's kind of different, but it's like eventually, you know, if if you don't have a guy in a favorable position for a long enough period of time and see some production, essentially you're kind of just ruining the prospect, and and that's. You know it, it, that could have happened with Doc. I'm not saying a Keller was was ruined, but I, I get the whole point there that that you were making, case that you know Keller was just there at a time, you know, probably too early, and now he's just there still sticking around. And you know, it, it can't be good on a guy to not produce at the level that you have at every other level before that when you get you get to the NHL, right? Like it's got to be frustrating and difficult if you're that kind of player. So mm-hmm. anyway, Kirby Doc has had a phenomenal start to the season and I am pumped for the guy cuz he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly on Clayton Keller like, you know, he's finally starting to produce now as 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 you guys said, which is great to see and that team is getting better and w- which is great and uh but um with with Chicago, yes, they make this deal and and to me at least it was it was a bit of a head scratcher, but you know, talk about taking big swings at that draft. Kent Hughes took a couple of big swings for Montreal, but so did Kyle Davidson. Like, let's not forget that, um, and I know we're getting a little off topic here talking about the Blackhawks, but, like, let's not forget that the Blackhawks didn't have a first-round pick going into that draft, and they ended up with three. And the Korchinski pick, that was actually from the Ottawa trade for Alex Dabrinkit. So I think the pick to take Frank Nazer... Oh, okay, was, okay. Was the pick that they got from Montreal, and then they had a third in there when they uh, drafted uh, Sam Renzel. So, yes. to you know, to get rid of Doc and and to bring it, um, two two big parts of your team, but to get Korchinski and Nazer, that that's pretty good as well. Yeah, so the Nazer guy that's pretty far too. So the guy that's already commented pick. on this post saying like. Oh, it was the Frank Mazur pick, not the Kurchinski <laughs> trick. You can go back and reply to your own comment and settle down. Yeah, and you know what, Case? It's funny because yeah, I, I said before we started the show that I wasn't streaming. Well, it turns out I am <laughs> on YouTube, so uh, no comments yet. But uh, you know, if you are watching this live, don't want to hear about me messing up the picks. You know, it was one of the two. They were picked pretty close. I think it was like. I mean, God, I don't want to dig myself a deeper hole here, but I think it was like seventh and thirteenth or something. So, pretty, pretty damn close. No, no one needs to comment now. I got you. It's all yeah. good. 
Thank, <laughs> thanks, Harp. I have a couple more honorable mentions. Can I can I throw in a couple here, Harp? Are you finished with? Uh... No, uh, no, no. We can't. Case, yes, you're we... shaking your head. You're shaking your head, but you're gonna like this one. One honorable mention. It's kind of actually two wrapped up into one. Is uh, former Washington Capitals goalies who have benefited from a change of scenery. Obviously, the two that I'm talking about are Ilya Samsonov, or Samsonov, as he prefers to be called now, and uh, Vitek Vanacek. Sammy is 6-2-0 with a 9-21 save and a 4.9 goal save above expected. And Vanacek is 6-1-0. And his numbers, advanced numbers anyway, are a little bit worse, but they're still pretty good. And the only number that matters is uh, the record, really, 6-1-0. So two former Washington goalies that have had great starts to the season and have benefited from a change of scenery. Last honorable mention I wanted to bring up was Matthew Kachuk. And not that he's had an absolutely insane start to the season, but, you know, we had 17 points in 13 games played. But the reason I wanted to bring him up is that compared to Jonathan Huberdeau, he's having a far better start uh, to the year. And obviously those two will be forever tied to each other as, you know, the years go on and they keep playing in the league. Um, Huberto right now has six points in 11 games, and he's not even generating a ton of expected goals. So Matthew Kuchuk is another guy who has had a great start to the season, so I wanted to mention him too as an honorable mention. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. Another guy in Florida is uh, Colin White, who, who's been a, a good fit for them there after being bought out in the summer by the Senators. So good picks all around, boys. Again, uh, one of our favorite themes on the pod, a change of scenery. And, uh, yeah, it was good to take a look at some guys that found some new homes this offseason, and uh, it's 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 really worked out well for them. So uh, anyway, that's just a that positive it. story. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a positive story when we're talking about this. Yeah. You, you love know, to last, hear it. Last week was all negative. It was the uh, the disappointment podcast with disappointment starts. So glad we're back to positivity this week. That's good. Um, anyway, great stuff, boys. That does it for episode 47. Uh, thanks so much once again and to our listeners as well. I will see you guys on Saturday at the CTC in Ottawa. Looking forward to that. And uh, we'll chat again next week. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.